Welcome to Stock Take. My name's Gaurav Sodi. There's no other analyst joining me today. Unlike our normal Stock Take episodes, I've got a special guest with me. Part of our purpose here at Intelligent Investor is trying to identify and understand awesome quality businesses. And most of the time we do that listed with businesses listed on the ASX. Um, and occasionally we come across a special looking business that's privately owned. The information in or, this podcast um, is current on the day of don't recording. Have access to. It is general advice only and does not take a personal looking situation at in detail. into account. And I wanted to bring it may not one be suitable for to you. the II community today. Now, this starts with um, with with a with a short story, if you don't mind. Um, before I introduce our guest, I was actually in the in the Blue Mountains with my wife on a holiday in Katoomba, and we stopped by this little pub, and I knew nothing about it. And then as I stopped by, and we had a, we had a burger, we had some chips, and we had this beer. And I just took one sip of this beer, and I thought this is probably the best damn beer I've ever had. And we actually spend hours at this place, um, and I tried. It's probably the most I've ever drunk in, in the last um, 10 years or so because I just wanted to try everything. And as soon as I got back, I did some research about the business, um, contacted the company. Um, Intelligent Investor went over and visited the business. Um, the founder gave us a tour of the facility. And I'm pleased to say that he joins us here today for a conversation about mountain culture. So, Welcome and thank you, DJ McCready, who is the founder of Mountain Culture. Thanks for your time today, DJ. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's exciting to be on here. It's my, <laughs> hey, one, of, one of my first uh, official podcasts outside of beer. So, Outside of beer. Well, that is exciting. I, I, I suppose when you when you started this, never thought you'd find yourself in a, in a niche um, investing podcast. Now, DJ, tell us, people may not be... Um, may not be um, familiar with mountain culture. Give us a brief background about what the business does and um, and how you got to where you are. And then I want to get into some of your background as well, because I have a, a fascination with, with, with beer brewing, actually, and, and we'll get to that in a second. So tell us a little bit about the business. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we started up Mountain Culture in 2019. So my wife, Harriet, and myself, uh, we opened up as a brew pub uh, in Katoomba, which you have uh, visited I've... and shared uh, to my delight, had a lot of beers up there. And uh, hopefully- I think I had all of them. I, I had all of them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I tried everything <laughs> yet there. <laughs> Did they take a photo of you and put you up on the wall? <laughs> I wish that. I, I wish they did. Uh, I wish they got some from there, by the way. It was great. Oh, terrific, terrific. Um, so, so yeah, so we, uh, you know, really wanted to tie the brand to an area that we loved. Um, you know, beer brewing to me uh, involves a lot of creativity, uh, a lot of time working, you know, on the creative process of, uh, you know, innovating and developing new flavors. So, being in the Blue Mountains, uh, it's just a, an, an awesome place to do that. It's a very eclectic community. Uh, you know, lots of artists, lots of musicians uh, in the area, and just you know, it's a beautiful backdrop for it all. So when we opened up, we really wanted to be part of that community, which you know we successfully achieved, um, and open up our our pub there essentially to use it as an area to test out um, you know the products that we were developing. Uh, and get direct feedback from people when they were coming in to the brew pub. Uh, 
So yeah, so when we started out, it was very, you know, small operation. I, you know, my my wife and I were were doing a good chunk of it all ourselves. Where you know, I would be brewing in the morning, and she would be working on social media posts, and then you'd find us in the afternoon. I would be frying chips in the kitchen, and she would be behind the bar slinging beers. Uh, so, you know, it was pretty, pretty organic start, uh, but that's just what we could afford, you know, at the time where we, we wanted to start out, we wanted to be selling direct to customers. Um, and then, yeah, we had a pretty wild ride with business, obviously opening up as a hospitality venue for the most part in 2019, specifically in the blue mountains to where we faced a lot of challenges, you know, uh, Opened up in October in 2019. By November, the whole place had caught on fire and we had these horrific bushfires in the mountains. And, uh, you know, I remember thinking, well, everybody told me when I was getting into business, you're going to face a lot of hardships. And uh, I thought, wow, we've made it through those bushfires. We've got our big hardship out of the way. It's all all free and clear from here. Uh, And then... then, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> things got a little bit harder for hospitality sure. venues after that <laughs> so uh so so yeah but um you know at the time we thought look this is death sentence we've uh we've given it a crack uh we we opened up our business we went through the the whole effort of of getting it started and you know lots of businesses fail and that's that's the reality but um when COVID came through we did what any good entrepreneurs would do and we look for the opportunity and the opportunity for us was to bring our brew pub experience to people's living rooms so we transformed the business from being being a pub into being an e-commerce business and we started canning our beer sending it around the country uh, and being involved with people's lockdown by doing virtual tastings and going through doing doing tastings over Zoom, introducing them to our products, and things just went gangbusters from that point. We went from being a small little uh, local Blue Mountains business to having a national brand pretty much overnight. That's amazing. One of the things I noticed about Mountain Culture, I thought it was quite quite unique, was the decision. The, the two things actually, DJ. First of all, was the deci- decision to tie the product to a geography. I, I don't think I've seen that happen too often. Usually, it's not unusual for a beer brand, it's actually the norm for a beer, beer brand to try and create a unique identity, but yours is tied to a specific geography. What was yep. the reason for that? Was that was, was that a, a brand building exercise? I mean, did you, was that a very conscious decision? Talk us through that. Look, a little bit of both. You know, um, we wanted to tie it to the area because one just Harriet and I genuinely love the Blue Mountains. You know, we we wanted to be in an area that uh, we were inspired by, and we felt like that would get the creative juices flowing. Uh, you know, to the uh, to a great extent for us, but also um, we've always been very marketing led organization. And you know, when I think of what marketing is meant to do and and advertising is to you know, create a feeling around a product. And I loved the visual images that would come up for myself when I would think of the Blue Mountains, you know, I would think of adventure, I would think of amazing weekends away, you know, that were 
we're close to home, but just in a, in a different world, I would just think of this like vast wilderness area, um, that was pristine and undiscovered and, and it, you know, I really would, you know, um, evoke a lot of emotion for me. And I loved that idea of tying that to, um, to our brand. How much of the beer industry, I mean, when I, when I look at the industry as a consumer, you know, the, the product is quite differentiated across each brand and each specific beer. But when I put my analyst hat on and look at the industry, uh, I view beer as a, um, as a marketing business, not really a beverage business. Um, well, what do you think about that? Is, is this industry um, a beverage business or, or is it actually a marketing business? I'd say it has a foot in both camps, to be honest. Like, you know, I, I think that craft beer in particular, uh, there's there's a lot of, you know, marketing around it. It is a, a, a giant opportunity to get people excited about more than just the actual liquid um, in the glass. Like, you know, for us, we start there. You know, we, we pride ourselves on being the best in the, the business on making the best tasting and the highest quality beer um, that we possibly can with, you know, constantly investing in, um, you know, our process technology, uh, the ingredients that we're bringing in and the talent that we're bringing in into the production team. But I also think that there's so much more that goes into it with the creativity that's, that's on the labels. You know, I, I see a lot of it in like, People are almost looking at it as like a collector's item where it, it you know, it gives our, our design team uh, that real ability to, to express more uh, out of them, just the liquid in the can. Or, um, you know, when we, we do look at the marketing behind it, it's creating community, it's creating, uh, you know, places for people to go to connect over a product um, that's not just necessarily linked to the product itself. Um, you know, it's all it's it's also just giving giving people something to to talk about. Um, it's it's yeah. There's I think a a lot um, behind the marketing of the liquid itself, but I think that could be said about a lot of um, products that go from just utility to premium to luxury. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that was unique about Mountain Culture was your distribution strategy i mean if i was thinking about doing a beer brand i would um get the product ready and then look for distribution points um either retail or um, or in hotels and i think i've seen that exact strategy replicated with, with a lot of your competitors as well but you decided to set up your own venue and initially only had distribution from a handful of, of venues Explain that to me, DJ. Because if if you were if you came to us as a startup and said, "Look, this is my plan," um, it sounds like a crazy plan to begin with, but it's clearly been extremely successful. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, we actually got that a lot when we were a startup, and we were we were going to uh, you know potential investors at the time, and you know explaining what we wanted to do and uh, the long term strategy behind it. And I think a lot of them were like, "Okay, let's." that's a that's a weird idea and you guys have <laughs> yes. no idea what you're doing obviously so we decided well 
why don't we just do it ourselves and we'll just, you know, we'll bootstrap it and we'll we'll see how it goes because maybe this is some kind of half-cocked idea. But, you know, for us, the, the strategy behind um, mostly selling direct to consumer was one, the product quality and the instant feedback. So for us, we've always very much, um, you know, brewed beer that cons- like our customers want to drink and that are interested in. And a lot of that is involving them in the journey of how we create those recipes. And for us having that more intimate relationship with our, our fans of like getting it, basically making the product and handing it to them. And then in, in, whatever way we can, whether that be using, you know, following what's happening as far as social media chatter or through, um, you know, beer rating systems online, getting that feedback in and, and being able to, um, shift the products that we're, we're creating, uh, really quickly, I think really led, you know, a lot to our success. Um, we've always wanted to do things differently as well. Like we've never, We've never really been followers of the traditional uh, traditional path. Like we would rather create our own path, and for better or worse, uh, see where it leads us. So, you know, following the the herd in craft beer has never been anything that we uh, we focus on. We're always very much insular. We've you know we we stay in our own lane, and uh, we hope to the best. It is amazing how many fantastic success stories begin with an absolutely bonkers sounding idea. Um, And I think when you think about it a bit more, um, it kind of makes sense because if the idea didn't sound bonkers, someone probably would have done it already and uh, the opportunity wouldn't be there. You know, the thing that pops to my mind is Airbnb, which sounds like an absolutely ludicrous idea. Share your room, share your couch, share your house. Um, But... um, that thing has been uh, obviously an incredible, incredible success. So I like these, I like these crazy stories. Um, we, look, the other- we always Sorry. say that, you know, we're always like, if, if everybody in the room likes the idea, then yeah, yeah. we know that it's, it's not a good idea. It's not worth going, going down that channel because it's already, it's already been done. It's too safe. Like if it doesn't actually scare us to go and do it, then it's, it's not going to move the needle. I love that. I feel that as an investor as well. If, if my best investments have been made, um, not with me being excited and thrilled, but with me being terrified and and sweaty, you know, like the, the the fear is the indication that you're actually doing something different and you're probably doing something right. You know, if it, if it feels easy, it can't be the right thing to do. Absolutely. Look, the other thing that um, fascinates me about beer is that here is a product that has four basic ingredients and yet. There is so much differentiation. Even with you as a, within Mountain Culture as a brand, every product you've released is is quite unique. How do you do that? What without re- revealing too many of your brewing secrets, DJ? How do, how do you? What's the? I mean, how does that happen? Uh it's a rabbit hole. Uh, you know, honestly, and like this is this is like you know for me, what I think has always just kept me one in the beer industry um right. but then two you know i you know i i kind of see these things linked with uh actually running a business is you know there's there's never any mastering 
brewing. Like it's impossible. You know, there's there's all these brewmaster certifications, yeah, yeah. but anybody who's actually a brewmaster will, will will laugh at that because there's always something to learn. Um, there are four ingredients, but the you know the the different techniques and process, the the smallest tweaks on what we do with you know water profile and minerality or you know when we add ingredients or temperatures that we use during fermentation or it, these small tweaks can have big impacts on flavor um so you know it's it always gives us uh license to keep experimenting to keep you know innovating on the way we're we're making our product and you know i personally as when i was in my brewing career always found that just fascinating it didn't doesn't matter how adhd i am there was always something new to tweak there was always something new to learn and you know i think i've taken that same philosophy with you know now running the business is that you know i see that as like entrepreneurship and and running a company is that there's always something new to learn there's always different tweaks that you can make to running running a business that you know have have big impacts on like the way the company's going and the success that you have um as far as a company with you know the culture and the, the team and the success of the product and the market and, and all of those things so I, I i see them as as very uh actually similar uh philosophies behind you know being a, a brewmaster and being you know involved with creating uh creating recipes and developing products uh and as well as running a company as a as a consumer um mountain culture probably has the most prolific product range that i, I can think of um in the category and one of the things i've noticed is that when i see a new um product i'm um, I, it doesn't give me time to think about it because I, I I know that it's not it may not be repeated it may not be available next time I'm there and so I kind of have to grab it there and then so it's a really good um, consumer strategy as well because it removes um, the logic and rationality of me as a consumer and forces me to act impulsively because I know that product isn't going to be there it's it's probably a, a something you've just worked on that afternoon or or on a day and it won't be repeated I think it's a it's a really good um, really good consumer ploy and um i'm curse you for it and i thank you for it <laughs> well look you know i mean we look at those products like experiences you know and again it's another i guess <laughs> you know a, a, a bit of a uh <laughs> airy fairy approach but um you know we we look at uh those beers as like it is like an experience you know it's like we we have them they're there and then they go quickly uh you know and a lot of that's driven I like the ingredients that we can get at the time. We're always, you know, we're always on the hunt for, you know, new hop varieties, new malt supplies. A lot of times that's very limited to the amount that uh, comes into us. So I see. Okay. Being able to create one of those recipes is something, mm. you know, that is hard to repeat a lot of times. So, you know, like we, we do have products come and go uh, yeah. <laughs> very often. Very often, yeah. Now, DJ, your own background, I know you've actually, you've when you started Mountain Culture, you were aided by um, a degree of um, of fame in the brewing industry. You've got um, a bit of reputation. You've come from a big brewer. Tell us a little bit about the differences 
um, of between working as a brewmaster in a big brewery and, and doing the same job in a startup? What, what's similar and what's different? <laughs> in a big brewery, you always have somebody else to blame <laughs> when something goes wrong. <laughs> Uh, when you're doing it all yourself, uh, you, you've, you've got all the fingers pointing back at you. <laughs> um, but no, look, uh, it, it's it's like in, in any kind of, uh, I guess, business. Uh, you know, when you're when you're part of a large organization, uh, a lot of the times it's it's less about getting your hands dirty. It's more about leadership. It's more about you know your communication skills, how organized you are, um, how uh, how well you can lead a team of different personalities to achieve an outcome that you're looking for. Uh, being a startup brewer is like, how good are you at using a mop? <laughs> <laughs> so really as getting well as, dirty. Yeah. as well as how creative you can be, you know, and, and um, how, you know, like you're, you're doing everything, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're unloading uh, bags of grain off of a truck to writing recipes, to, you know, uh, running your own beers through your own sensory panel of one. Um, you, you know, so I, I really do think that, like, I've always liked flip-flopping from one to the other, like, coming over here to Australia, uh, you know, my first first gig that I was, uh, you know, brewing in, uh, coming from a, a really large uh, production brewery in the States, was, you know, I started out as a as an army of one, uh, there. And it, it was really, it was really good reminder of like, wow, you just, you, you need to know so much to do it right. And, uh, it's, it is, it is really different than being able to say, oh yeah, you know, I know a lot about this, but I'll just hire somebody who's really good over here and they'll, they'll handle that part. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I like, and, and look, I, I genuinely enjoy both. I think it's really, uh, you know, it's really good to know everything um, about the process. If my son came up to me, my nine-year-old son came up to me and said, Dad, I want to learn how to brew beer. What is the, um, what, 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 what's the process? Is there, is there a structured stream? Is there a profession? Or is this something you just tinker and experiment with on your own? I mean, it's obviously depends on the outcome that you're looking for. Like there's a lot of people out there that love brewing beer as a pastime, you know, they're, they're home brewers. They, you know, are, are making beer for themselves and their friends to drink. Uh, and you know, if, if you're looking to get into things as a hobby, like there's a lot of great, you know, literature out there. There's, I mean, you learn how to do anything on YouTube now. So, uh, you know, there's, there's so many resources for that. Um, professional brewing, uh, isn't necessarily a different, um, process as far as like, you know, the ingredient use and things like that. But, um, there's obviously, uh, a lot of, um, I guess, manufacturing knowledge that needs to go into actual professional brewing. Um, and, the stakes are a lot higher, so it's much more calculated. So these days there are uh, really good uh, educational um, sources through, you know, local colleges, but also overseas programs. Um, before I left the U.S., I was a instructor for a program called the IBD. So it's the International um, Brewing and Distilling Course. 
out of the UK. Um, so they have some really good literature uh, there uh, and like standardized testing to rank where people, you know, are at with their knowledge of beer brewing. But, you know, I think it's like any kind of uh, any kind of profession, like having a good baseline knowledge is a is a nice start. Uh, but then there's also the, the practicality of working in that industry and and getting the the real life experience that I think is is very important. So somebody's looking to become a professional brewer these days. I think there's a lot of resources out there uh, for education, and then you know there's a there's a lot of breweries out there that that need brewers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. How did you get your start, AJ? I started by sweeping floors and putting labels on bottles and Isn't watching- that what you're doing now? That's kind of the same thing you're doing now, isn't it? I haven't really progressed that much, to be honest. Right. I still <laughs> clean the toilet, change the <laughs> light bulb. <laughs> so you were you working me inside- payroll. <laughs> were, you, were you working inside a brewery and then moved into the actual brewing function or were you always a brewer? Um, I no, no I, I wasn't I wasn't always a brewer um you know I I kind of stumbled into the industry to be honest I I started out as a home brewer I have a really competitive personality so I had a roommate at the time who was also a home brewer I uh was fortunately uh unemployed um by being laid off of my my, my real job that I had so I had a lot of time on my hands and I said you know, if uh, I go and sweep up the floors of this brewery that's just opened down the road from my house, uh, I bet they'll teach me a thing or two, and I, I bet I'll get better at making beer than my uh, my roommate. And wow, that would be pretty, that would be pretty fun, uh, you know. So I went. I just kept annoying them. They didn't. They didn't really <laughs> want to bar me at the time, and I just kept kept annoying them and just i think i i got in there just picked up a broom one day and started sweeping stuff up and <laughs> they gave me like a case of old beer they're like thanks and i came back and they're like oh god we can't get rid of this guy <laughs> so uh <laughs> after about three years i ended up being the place that's had brewer and running production for <laughs> and wow I, I got my uh my start in the industry and um yeah ended up uh having a lot of you know on the job learning uh as as i wrote my career and what happens now for mountain culture are you, are you able to disclose the the volumes you produce yeah absolutely so we've just gone through our third massive expansion here so from the tiny little brew pub that harriet and i started in the blue mountains to where we currently are uh just celebrating our fourth birthday uh we've had we've had some pretty big growth so our annual production when we first started out was about 60,000 liters of beer per year. Uh, with our expansion that we've just completed here at EMU Plains, we're actually able to achieve that production now in a day. So oh, wow. It's, uh, okay. <laughs> it's been a pretty, uh, been a pretty uh, big growth. But uh, yeah, we're um, right now we're, we're operating at about producing, you know, roughly four four and a half million liters per year, but we have potential to grow. This place, depending on how we complete the factory expansion, up to about 12 to 14 million liters of, of volume per year. Um, so we're sitting in a, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting spot. We're definitely um, leading a lot of the charge as far as independent beer production here in Australia at the moment, um, especially under just our own label. There's a lot of 
brands out there that have gotten SARS size that are maybe creating a little bit more volume, but they're doing it for several other brands. Uh, whereas here we just focus on making mountain culture beer. Your status quo, which is probably the the flagship beer, that won the best beer in Australia award a couple of years ago. Maybe even last year. You, you'll you'll correct me. Last I'm sure. Year. Last year, yeah. Thank you. Um, and um, there must be a tension between pumping volumes of that because you have a kind of a, a fixed production um, a volume. There must be a tension between pumping out what sells really well and continuing the experimental culture and and um, using some of your facilities, uh, reserving them for, for new things. How do you deal with that tension? Because it must be tempting just to continue selling stuff that was already working. Absolutely. Look, I mean, that's, it is definitely a juggling act. Like we, uh, we pride ourselves on being nimble. That's the, the great part, uh, about the company that we've built is that we've built it around people that love organized chaos. Uh, but we see that, uh, that limited program, uh, and doing R and D batches is so important to constantly keeping our core range, the best in the industry, um, that it's something that we just, we can't set aside, you know, we're constantly using our R and D to improve, um, you know, our techniques to experiment with different, you know, products, different, different, uh, you know, styles of brewing, different, you know, tweaks to, you know, water profiles and, and, uh, you know, hop usage and all of that kind of stuff that we can then take and, um, in a very calculated way, uh, shift the way that we produce like our core range, the status quo for instance, where, you know, we can take our learnings from the R and D and, and apply it to those beers in a way that we know isn't going to damage the product reputation because we see as a company, the, the, the thing that we care about the most is, is the brand and the trust that people have with our brand. Um, so being able to use those limited beers to experiment and then to enhance and keep our core range constantly cutting edge and constantly improving is just something that, you know, I think is really at the, the heart of what we do. I have two more questions, DJ, and then um, I better let you go back to, to mopping floors and brewing beer and running <laughs> the important um, stuff. <laughs> the important stuff. Um, look, the, I just wanted to touch on your distribution strategy because um, I have seen you now in more and more um, hotels and on tap, and I imagine that is quite an um, an expensive distribution strategy to pursue, but potentially also a very lucrative one. How does that compare to the uh, canning operation and going through um, the website or through um, liquor retailers? Which which would you prefer, or is there a preference? Oh, look, you know, um, at this point, I'm really really happy to see mountain culture getting out so much like i think that it's it's really important to you know look at all distribution um platforms you know and a lot of the times we're finding different people on all ends and and that's the part that gets us the most excited is that you know our product is reaching 
uh, you know, a more and more diverse crowd. So, you know, like our, our people who are buying directly from us, they're, they're big fans. They're, they're looking at, you know, our limited program. They're really part of the process for us, you know, like they're really part of the process, like, you know, in creating what mountain culture is and, and improving the recipes. They're the ones that are buying the, you know, the limited beers that are giving us feedback on it and really shaping what mountain culture is. But we see it as, you know, being the the leaders in the independent uh, beer scene over here is that we need to be creating more interest in craft beer in general. Uh, there's a lot of smaller breweries constantly popping up. The, the rate that breweries are popping up isn't necessarily matching the rate of interest from like mainstream consumers. So for us, being more present in in pubs, being more present in larger retailers um, is really important to creating more interest in the craft beer industry in general. And, and we see that as, as our responsibility for where we're at. So, you know, though it's a, it's a different, um, it's a different method of distribution than what we were founded on. It's, you know, it's something we're really excited about. You know, it's something that like, for me, like getting a beer into somebody's hand that is already interested in the beer industry, you know, craft beer industry is great, but my favorite folks to see it is like, they're like, they've just been on like, you know, Carlton their whole life. And then they <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. try status. They're like, what the hell yeah. is this? And then they trade yeah, and they're like, yeah. wow, this is really cool. Like what the hell are you guys doing? Um, you know, so those are the ones that, you know, I, I don't know. I, I find so exciting to, to be part of and uh you know getting getting in some more uh retailers is just helping us achieve that i had that experience with um your oat cream i think that was the first one um i tried and then that was that was the thing that just blew me away and um i've always been interested in craft beer actually the, the your some of the other successful successful craft brands um stone and wood and bolters their ultimate endpoint always seems to be um, an acquisition or a takeover um, being submerged into a much larger um, brewing operation. And that makes sense because it's, it's really a volumes game and a distribution game, and the margins can expand dramatically once they're inside a larger network. What do you see the, the future for mountain culture? Where do they go from here? Are you determined to be independent in five years' time? Is mountain culture going to be um, a brand that's, that's probably going to be inside another network? You know, I don't have a crystal ball, so uh, I, I, I'd i love to say that I have, you know, I, I would know exactly what's going to happen with Mount Culture in five years. Um, for me, like, I just constantly come back to, like, what's going to get the best product in hand? Is that, you know, does that mean that we stay independent? Does that mean that we, you know, are part of a, you know, a larger brewing group? Um, like, that's really what it's coming down to for me is like, what's, what's going to be best for the business. What's going to be best for the beer. Um, you know, I, I don't really see us being in a position like some of those other brands that we would need to, you know, join a larger, you know, larger brewing group. Um, we're, we're in a pretty unique position to where, you know, Harriet and I still own a hundred percent of the company. Um, like, I don't, I don't think that there's another 
brewery here in Australia that's gotten to our size that besides Cooper's <laughs> that's still just and I actually don't know Cooper's uh structure that well so I might be speaking a little bit out of turn here but um you know as far as as far as the network that we're surrounded by we're in a really unique spot to you know keep controlling you know the company just on our own without any external influence which you know I know uh a lot of the other breweries that have come before us and that are still operating around us, they're not in that position. So I think it's really, it's really unique that you have a brewery the size that's still hundred percent owned by literally, you know, a brewer and, you know, somebody who's, who's running marketing and having a lot of fun with it. So, yeah. Is Harriet behind the can design? Cause I love them. I think the cans are just so, um, so yeah. uh, important to the brand now. Every, every time I've, mention mountain culture the person i'm speaking to the first thing reaction i get is all oh, the cans you know that the can mm-hmm. design is such an important thing is that is that harriet doing that absolutely yeah so, yeah, right. so harriet's running um you know all, all of the sides of the you know the brand um so design team the language that's going out to to people around you know our communication uh the the wittiness that we've had you know on social media and and the way that we're just communicating with our, our fan group is all of Harriet's uh, pet project. I love it. Look, um, thank you so much for your time today, DJ. We'll let you get back to to running the business. Appreciate um, the product and appreciate you spending time with the pod today. All the best. Ah, amazing to get to chat to you. Looking forward to uh, catching up in the brew pub to run through all the new beers I'm sure we'll have by the, the next time you get up there. <laughs> I will be there for sure. Thanks again. Awesome. Thank you. If you like the sound of our investing approach, but you're not yet a member, visit intelligentinvestor.com.au and take a free 15-day test drive of our membership. You'll get immediate access to all our current buy recommendations, model portfolios, and engaging educational research, tailor-made for people who want to manage their own money. That's intelligentinvestor.com.au for a free 15-day trial. No credit card required.